and welcome to We Are History with me, John O'Farrell. And me, Angela Barnes. And what are we talking about today, Angela? Well, we're talking about a red-haired bird. A red-haired bird like yourself? I like a red-haired bird. Um, not me this time. Uh, we're talking about Boudicca. Boudicca. Ah, yes. yes. An iconic woman of ancient history. Absolutely. A warrior, a martyr. Uh, a martyr in the sense that you know she gave her life in it. Not she said, "Oh, why do I always have to do the cooking?" Not yeah. that sort of martyr. <laughs> not uh, martyr in the way that you're a martyr. Yes, yeah, no. Did the washing up. <laughs> and, <laughs> and a woman whose uh, life has been mythologized and repurposed by historians of different eras. Yes. Um, when I when I was a kid, she was called uh, Bodicea. Yeah, yeah, I remember learning about Bodicea. Queen, I queen of the Iceni tribe. I don't know. It's a political okay. correctness, wasn't it? You yeah. can't say Boudicca anymore. It's Iceniest. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. So now that Brexit has happened, we can probably go back to calling you know, Boudicca. Good old British Boudicca. Smoking in pubs. All that's coming back. Yeah. So Boudicca, which we've got is what we're going to continue calling her, led a rebellion against the Roman Empire, and it nearly drove them out of Britain altogether. Yep. She burned London to the ground, and now has a statue in her memory, standing guard over Westminster. Yes. So, little background. Yeah. So we're in the so the Romans have arrived in oh, Britain. No, the Roman Empire is a big one. Roman Empire <laughs> is a big one. <laughs> it's a biggie. Yeah. Uh, now, my two main sources for researching uh, the Roman Empire were, of course, Gibbon's decline and fall of the Roman Empire, yes. and Asterix in Britain. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, yeah. So uh, go back a hundred years earlier, Julius Caesar. Everyone sort of has an image of Julius Caesar landing in Britain, but he didn't conquer Britain. Um, no. He sort of came, came saw, came, he saw, he went home again. Um, <laughs> did the sights. Did the sights. He had a look at the White Cliffs of Dover. In fact, I think his boats were not really suited. They designed boats for the Mediterranean and mm. they weren't really uh, much used for the tire, the big, the bigger sort of Atlantic tides. And so he struggled a bit to um, get the boats ashore. But anyway, um, a century later, uh, Emperor Claudius uh, was in a bit of um, political trouble in Rome, AD 43. Yep. Claudius is the one you'll remember from I, Claudius, the Derek Jacobi, Derek Jacobi. the stammering the stammering um, emperor. It's a great story about when Derek Jacobi was on Wogan. Mm-hmm. And, 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 uh, and Terry Wogan said to him, now, of course, you had that great success with, and he glanced at his notes and went, that great success with one Claudius. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone there is going, you've just seen a one as a, a oh. eye as a one. Never mind. Bless him. But, um, and then but the, he's, he's flipped like in his head. So he thought he'd be very clever. Yes, I know. I know a Roman yeah. humor when I see one. <laughs> yes. So 443 AD, uh, the Romans invaded Britain. Um, and Britain was a sort of mythical, iconic place to, to, to Rome. It was right on the edge of the world back then, if you think about you know, what the map of the world looked like. Yeah. Uh, and there, the, there were those who believed that the Britons had tails uh, <laughs> and that they, um, they, were, they had them down. One of the things I read said they believed the Britons were covered in tattoos and lived in, in mud. So well, if you right. went to Blackpool now, <laughs> you'd think yeah. the same thing. Yeah, so half right. Um, <laughs> But they, they, yeah, they invaded, and within four years of invading in AD 43, um, they'd reached the line of the Seven Trent, uh, mm-hmm. if you think of a line going sort of diagonally across Britain like that. Yep. And they had the kings uh, paying submission at Ch- Colchester in a giant ceremony with a parade of elephants. Wow. Elephants so in you Colchester. Had your, so you had your little tribes of Britons all over the place. Yes. Uh, each tribe having a king, and they'd be yes. client kings of Rome. Yeah, Absolutely. So they would have been paying homage. I mean, there have been lots of trade in between the island of uh, Britain and 
the Roman Empire anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, in terms of uh, a, a political advancement needed for Claudius, the actual uh, invasion and occupation of England was the next sort of step. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, but these so these kings wouldn't have been sort of displaced and had Roman emperors put in place. They would have been kept in power and would have ruled on behalf of the Romans and right. paying... And that's what paying their dues. Yeah. And now you have to say bits of Latin just to look like you're sort of supportive. <laughs> so go procul harem, carpe diem. <laughs> My first ever joke that I ever told John, yeah. I'll tell you this. I was about seven years old and I was with my uncle and a couple of cousins and we were watching TV and there was snooker on and they were chatting in the background about um, Latin, right, for some right. reason. Um, and they were talking about Latin names and then they were sort of joking with each other they were all considerably older than me yeah they were joking with each other making up latin names for different things and, right and um at which point there was a, a shot on the tv in the snooker where the ball came off the table and hit the ref wow. right and i said oh not very pleased Dicus. Right, oh, that's good. And they laughed so much. You, that was the first time I got a thought, laugh. I see my future. I genuinely think that it felt so good that they yeah. genuinely laughed for something that's I said. It's a decent said. joke, though. And um, it's a good, it's a good little joke for a seven-year-old. Yeah, it's not you bad. Should, is you it? should try it at your next gig. I should, I'll open with it. <laughs> I'll open with not so very my, pleased. My first kiss. joke was um, sort of. Well, Latin. It, well, it kept, kept the writers of the Asterix books going for about <laughs> 40 yeah. volumes, that yeah, sort of, exactly. those sort of puns. Uh -huh. um, so, yeah, um, so, the, the, so saying things like not very pleased to cuss was enough to keep these British Roman kings in power. Is, is it worth saying at this point as well that there were client queens as well? It wasn't. Yes. Um, um, that wasn't something that the Romans were sort of wild about. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. They, there was, the only example I know is Cartimandua, who was the queen of the. Oh, what were they called? The Bugantes? Bugantes. Uh, up in the north. Right. Somewhere. And what was her she, name again? Uh, Kati Mandua. That's very good. Thank you. You've been on the phone to the BBC pronunciation <laughs> unit. Well, I could have got it wrong. So any <laughs> Romans listening, I do apologise. Um, or no, Britons rather. And she, um, yeah, she was a queen by descent, not by marriage. So... Right, okay. And, and she was accepted as a client. Right. Queen. But then she did side with the Rome, Romans quite a lot and, you know, to the detriment of her own people quite a lot. So. I think they sort of... Had to or die generally, which yeah. is why our particular subject for this week's podcast is interesting. Yes. Um, because one such client king up in East Anglia yes. was Presitagus. The I'm king. glad you said his name first because I wasn't sure how to go with that. Um, Presitagus. He, Presitagus was the king of the Iceni tribe. But in about uh, AD 60, he died. Yep. And uh, he had promised half his riches to Rome and the other half should remain with his family, his widow. Boudicca and their two daughters. Yes. Well, that's a sort of Roman insurance policy so mm -hmm. that you can um, be confident that, you know, when you move on, your loved your ones will be, be cared for yeah. uh, in this, um, this you know, very, very primitive insurance policy that they had. Yeah. But like all insurance policies throughout history, the Romans didn't want to pay up. And if you read the small print, it actually says, we steal everything from you and then put up the cost of your <laughs> policy. Yeah. So... Um, now, the Romans at this time were fighting a long and difficult campaign against the Druids in North Wales. Yeah. Don't know if you've ever encountered Druids in North Wales. You don't want to get mixed up, mixed up with those guys. <laughs> God, if you're in a pub in North Wales and you spill a Druid's pint. <laughs> um, so, um, so they needed more money than they might have done otherwise. And, and uh, one overzealous regional commander uh, thought he would overreach himself and exploit the death of Presitagus in East Anglia and just seize the whole lot. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, things got nasty. Um, Boudicca rightly objected 
And um, and so the Romans had the queen publicly flogged, uh, which was a huge humiliation. And worse, they raped her daughters. Yeah. Uh, these daughters were very young. They're probably about 12 or 13. Um, so to us, this is, of course, uh, appalling on a mm-hmm. human level. Uh, but it was also an attack on the future of the Iceni tribe. Because it meant they couldn't, they were then not, Eligible. Eligible. Yeah. It meant they couldn't be wives, fu- right? Yeah, they couldn't be future queens. Yeah. Uh, according to the values of the day. It we're not we're not uh, we're not making judgments no. here about no. the suitability of a marriage of Boudicca's uh, daughters. There's a great Victorian children's history called Our Island Story, which I read just mm. for the crack. And um in that one it says the Romans were rude to her daughters. Were rude they were to rude her, her daughters. daughters. That is that is quite terribly rude. Yeah. Um, wow. So very much with right on her side, uh, uh, the angry Boudicca rose up in rebellion against mm-hmm. the Romans. And I think at the same time, wasn't so she rose up in rebellion, but also I think Seneca at the time was starting to recall lots of loans that had been forced upon right. the Britons across yes. the nation. So um, the Romans sort of forced loans upon people. Uh, the, the different peoples, yes. the different tribes, and now we're starting to call them in, right? Because there's um, a deficit, and suddenly, so that I think that's why it's very easy for her to recruit for her rebellion because yes. lots of tribes were suddenly, suddenly having to pay this money they didn't have and having this yes. wealth taken. Yes, back I mean, um, it should be said that what they did to Boudicca would have been an offence to Roman citizens mm. because uh, by. Uh, becoming a Roman uh, queen, uh, as she would have been, uh, mm. uh, being married to Prestatagus, who was a client king, that made them citizens of Rome, according to the laws of Rome and the traditions of the day. So uh, these histories are written up by, we have sort of two sources for this stuff, and it's uh, the great Tacitus and Cassius Dio, are the only two people who've written about um, uh, Boudicca and her story and they tell these stories with a certain sense of outrage about what was done to her by mm. Rome and that's so that's a sort of criticism uh, of Rome of the day they're using this example as you know what should not be done yeah and so her treatment was you know is, is portrayed as um, you know as bad yes by the Roman historians themselves yeah they weren't glorifying in no. what they did to you know um so she rose in rebellion and uh, you know, get, and she got the support, as you say, of neighbouring tribes, and and gained thousands of uh, followers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just for anyone under twenty five who's listening, that is actual literal followers. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Following yeah, her, yeah. But she had a huge Twitter following, <laughs> yeah. and uh, the, her Instagram of the whole thing was fantastic. Um, she was the influencer <laughs> of her day. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, um, just on that point, just to um, to get people to follow you, to organise a campaign mm-hmm. with uh, disparate tribes and disparate um, uh, peoples. There would have been different tongues over different parts of um, what we now call Britain. Yeah. That must have been an incredible feat of organisation. Because yeah. uh, you've got to, if you get like 250,000 warriors together, you, they've all got to be fed, they've got to be transported, and they've got to, their animals have got to be fed. And... Uh, this and you was not to, be able a... to communicate to yeah, them what yeah. you want, and this them was to before do. mobile phones, as we keep I saying. No WhatsApp group for a Boudicca rebellion, <laughs> but and, that, and because this was a first, this was not you know not there wasn't a British state that was rising or a mm. former British state rising against the Romans. This was yeah. a bunch of disparate tribes who were uh, separate from separate kingdoms, and were suddenly working together in concert. So that's 
she must have been an incredible organizer, an incredible leader, um, a delegator, all those different. Um... They've been small rebellions in the past. Like yeah. the Iceni had rebelled in the past, hadn't they? I think um, right at the beginning of right. the Roman invasion, they'd, they'd rebelled fall back. and yeah. um, obviously were defeated. But yes. to, to, I think the key is that they got this massive, massive. rebellion. Yes, yes. And this was. This would become the most serious rebellion, actually, in the in the entire four centuries of the Romans in Britain. Mm. Um, and so, you know, in, in regards to this that particular European superstate, Boudicca was very much leave, I think, <laughs> <laughs> back in her day. So she burned um, Colchester. Uh, they started with Colchester. They started with Colchester. And um, um, I think she had. They, they were the Trevantes. Were that's right. They were, they were the tribe to the south of them, and their capital had been Colchester. I see. And the Romans, or, or what was it called at the time, Camulodunum? Oh God, this is where I come unstuck. No, just Camul- say. Camulodunum. Okay. Camulodunum. I'll take your word for that. I think Colchester, yeah. and that had been the capital for the Trevantes. That had been yeah. where they were based. But the Romans had taken it over and turned it into a colonia, which. Um, was a sort of place for their veteran soldiers okay. to go. Right. So they sort of gentrified it, I suppose, and right. moved, <laughs> moved was, yeah. same old story, and moved a, out the Trevantes. So when uh, Boudicca and the Iceni are saying, right, we're going to take Colchester, the Trevantes are like, well, we'll come, because right. we've got our own little beef yeah. about that place. I think they didn't have their numbers to defend it, so the Romans sort of abandoned it, I think, and they sort of let it get burned well, down. Um, yeah, in Colchester is what they were particularly... Um, because they, they didn't just burn the place down. They they tortured people. They slaughtered people in the thousands. They, yes. Apparently, they captured, they captured women, noble women. Mm-hmm. Um, they would cut their breasts off and sew them to their mouths. Blimey, they were and, cross, weren't they? Yeah, and, and uh, impale them. Oh, no, so, not back on that again. Back on the old impaling <laughs> again. We love a bit of impaling in this podcast, don't we? <laughs> we do. <It's> um, <laughs> and they, they decapitated a statue of Nero in Colchester. Yes, yeah, so Nero by this time was the uh, Roman emperor, yeah. you know, famous yeah. uh, lover of the arts and theatre and yeah. player of the lyre. You know, so he was getting a lot of stick for what was happening in Britain. Yeah. Uh, because this went on for some time, of course, and um, news would get back to Rome and then sort of, you know, ages later the orders yeah. would come back to to. to to um, Britain. So after Colchester, they headed on to London, London I think. Yeah. Uh, and um, everyone from Norfolk hates London anyway. From, oh, yes. from Boudicca <laughs> to Alan Partridge, it's the same basic attitude. Um, Burn it! Yeah, the, so the Londinium was uh, burnt down. I think uh, Londinium and, as well was the one where, so you had, uh, you talk about, the, the, they were fighting the Druids in North Wales. Yep. You had Suetonius was leading. The, that's right. He was the uh, Roman commander. And so he, Got wind of what was happening. Yep. Came to London. Came down Watling Street. Came down Watling Street to London to stop them. Uh, Realised there was quite a lot of them and went, do you know what? We'll let London burn. Yes. Um, and he basically let them destroy London in the hope of saving the rest of the province. Yes. You know, he sort of uh, yes. Uh, let London And you can still go. see the charred remains of uh, uh, this these burnt remains uh, at the, some exposed Roman wall near the Barbican uh-huh. and when they were when they were digging up the, uh, uh, that bit of London to, to build the Barbican they found this bit of Roman wall and the child ruins I, and that's uh, that's still there you know, really to this like day this. I've heard it described so obviously like you say we've only got two sources historically yeah. written sources Tacitus yeah. and Cassius Dio but yeah. the um, there's archaeological evidence well that's, this is the, the only archaeological evidence yeah. is the burnt remains there's no archaeological evidence of the Iceni or Boudicca at all there's no, no there's a sort of some coinage that might be Presitagus yeah uh, but there's no 
um, uh, this is where Boudicca lived. We've uncovered her village, or we've uncovered the battleground. Yeah. You know, but they've un- this. There's this sort of layer of burnt remains. Yes, in the which three date, places, which, which does fit those which dates. does fit those dates. Yeah. And so, but I really like that. I've heard it described as the Boudican layer cool. of destruction. <laughs> what a leg! I want to leave behind a layer uh, uh, of destruction, an Angela layer of yeah, destruction. For hundreds of years, I go. Yeah, that was the Angela Barnes layer of destruction. <laughs> yes. it'll just be full of. Like the contents of the bottom of my handbag. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, London, London I mean, cool. London wasn't the um, dominant capital it is today, of course. No. It wasn't even the capital, the Roman capital, but it was a significant city for the Romans. Mm-hmm. She uh, she burnt down London um, uh, as a protest against the price of a macchiato and <laughs> um, then moved on to St. Albans, I think, which was, a, yeah. I think, quite a significant Roman town. And you'll probably remember. Verulanium. Verulanium, very impressive. Yes. Um, I actually went to St. Albans. Do you know, I went there once and there were a load of Romans parading around. I just got <laughs> off the train and there's some Romans marching. I thought, blimey, they're still here. So it's like sort of, you know, uh, sealed knot. It's park. It's Verulanium Park, isn't it? Right. In, well, they were, they were, yeah. And um, yes, I'm doing, I was going to, about to plug the gig that I'm doing on Saturday in St. Albans, but this will go out, after. Go out long after. So if that. you came to St. Albans Arena on Saturday night, I hope you had, a good time. I hope you had fun. It's a history podcast. We, 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 we Preview gigs that happened in the past. So, you know, huge devastation across the Roman Empire. Uh, Nero uh, getting quite panicky. The Roman governor was pulling troops in from the continent. And so there would have to be a final pitch battle between this huge uh, Celtic army. Are we talking, what, 230,000 yeah, 200 plus, yeah, people, yeah. And there weren't that many Roman soldiers in the no. UK. So, no, I shouldn't say the UK, in the island of Britain. Yeah. Um, as uh, you know, but they had the sort of discipline, the tactics, and they had the wherewithal to fund um, full-time soldiers. These people were all mm. farmers, come and and you know come. Yeah, sort of territorial, army. yeah. They were, they were army <laughs> at the weekend. You know, they're yeah, all yeah. Gareth from the office. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, so the, the you know the Roman Empire in crisis. Yep. Uh, Britain has proved to be a much tougher. Uh, uh, territory to occupy than others yeah. um, and well, I think that might be a good place to take a uh, short break yeah. and um, as we get ready for the final uh, the final, final assault. the final assault of <laughs> Rome versus uh, Norfolk let's see yeah, Lazio versus Norwich City who is going to win uh, the, um, the final battle stay tuned and uh, we'll tell you after this short break Welcome back to We Are History. This week we're talking Boudicca. Yes. Flame-haired, she was described as. A redhead like Angela here. <laughs> but purely natural, obviously. Purely natural. <laughs> um, and um, it's quite possible she was redhead, of course. She was a Celt. Mm. Um, but in the painting, she was topless, of course. That's a sort of, uh, it seems to always happen to women in battle. They always have 40 <laughs> blouses, don't they? Um, it's like Delacroix's painting of Liberty leading the French Revolution. It's like, yeah. we should warm a sports bra. <laughs> it's, it's men painting history, is it? Something yeah. missing from this picture. Yes. What is it? This is a strong woman. In... Oh, tits. Uh, tits. Let's have her tits out. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, flame-haired Boudicca on her uh, chariot. In Tacitus, she was described as having tawny hair. Is that red? Is tawny red? I don't know. It's tawny's now brown. It's an owl, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so that's... Yes, Maybe her head went 360 degrees. Yeah, but that, was probably, that would be it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and she had a harsh voice, apparently. And mm. um, uh, Cassius Dio said, Boudicca was possessed of more intelligence than can usually be attributed to women. Well, that's not saying much, is it? <laughs> no. Really? Um, uh, and in the, uh, in the, there was a film of her, actually, 
um, Warrior Queen. They made a film in the 90s, I think. It was a bit, a bit of a you, tough film. You've watched it, haven't you? I haven't watched it. No, you I watched the trailer. Watched the blurb says she was feisty. Oh, God. <laughs> feisty. Are you, are you feisty, Angela? I, I, I nearly swore then. And we don't do much swearing on this, but I fucking hate being called feisty. It just means a woman who it has means any a woman attitude. who's got an opinion yeah. and an attitude Ooh. and doesn't sit quietly and listen. Angela's being feisty today, isn't she? Feisty or, or you're bossy if you've yeah. got any sort of leadership skills or you're, you know, ugh. So anyway, Queen Boudicca the Feisty was uh, <laughs> rebelling against the Roman Empire. Um, yeah, I, had a, um, I remember talking to um, got my hair cut down the road and the barber said, oh, we had a, we had a documentary crew in here the other day. Mm. And uh, I didn't like the producer very much. He said, she was, she was one of those strong women. Do you know what I mean? Big jumper, no makeup. Oh my God. <laughs> Big jumper, no makeup. That's Big a great jumper, song. no makeup. You know, that's what I mean. <laughs> Um, so anyway she uh, actually had ideas I know I know thoughts of her own what yeah. a bitch um, I mean the thing about all this uh, uh, misogynistic description of uh, Boudicca was that Romans had a very low opinion of women as rulers they were mm. quite hostile to the notion of women rulers and these, these Roman historians they've been bitten by they've been well actually she'd been bitten Cleopatra oh, yeah. <laughs> Cleopatra um uh, they thought they'd had a bad experience with Cleopatra, yeah. and so the Romans were very uh, negative about the idea of they women felt, queens. Didn't they that women would use their womanly wiles to get men yeah. to do their bidding? Yeah. Which you know, if you if you watch Carry On Cleo <laughs> and Julius Caesar, infamy, infamy. They've all got it in for me. That, that is a, was voted the best joke in Carry On films. And really? you know, it wasn't even written originally for the Carry On films. It was written by Frank Muir and Dennis Norton for Take It From Here. Oh, really? And when they were making Carry On Cleo, they, they rang up Frank Muir and go, can we, can we, can we nick that joke? He went, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Absolutely fine, old boy. Let's have lunch at the Garrett Club one day. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, and um, yeah, it's a joke that everyone remembers from the Carry On films. Anyway, oh, Carry On Cleo, yeah. not your best source. Um no. No. So the, as I said before the break, there's a huge battle coming. The Celts had enormous numbers, about 250,000. So we've got uh, to recap. We've got Colchester yeah. down, London down, St. Yep. Albans down. Yeah. All birds to the ground. And, and she's organising this huge... Uh, or she's got organised getting 200,000 people across Britain. I mean, if you've ever tried oh, to get God. 12 people out of the pub to go for a pizza... Absolutely. <laughs> How, Imagine trying to organise a quarter of a and million. And you can even go, do you know what? I'll see you. Text me when you get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I'll see you uh, there. Yeah. I have to wonder that. I think about, I, I've been going to music festivals sort of since I was a young teen. Yeah. And like now I go to music and you lose your friends at a music festival. Yeah, yeah. You text them and find where they are. And I can't remember how we used to do it. I think we just made new friends. Now, what we did was we we, we made firm plans and we stuck, stuck to them. Stuck to them. Maybe that <laughs> was it. That's what they did in the olden days. So <laughs> she said to them, we're all going to meet you at Watling Street. <laughs> okay. A high Cross in Leicestershire or whatever. Um, you should say Watling Street was the Roman yeah. road, wasn't it, that went... Look, did it predate the Rome? No, the Romans built it from Chester, it, from Chester yeah. to London. To yeah, London, and then it was extended down to Dover. Yeah, and they put, the, you know, and you had the uh, there was a contraflow, you know, yeah. <laughs> and service station. Um, but yeah, so um, the great the, the the Battle of Watling Street, it's been called. I don't really know where this battle took place, yeah. and there's never never found the. Um, they no, never found the location. Somewhere in the Midlands. Somewhere in the Midlands. The, 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 so, and uh, you know, if you've been out in Birmingham on a Saturday night, that makes sense. That, um, <laughs> I've seen lots of women scrapping on Saturday absolutely. night in Birmingham. <laughs> but the site, I think, was selected by uh, Suetonius, the Roman leader, mm -hmm. to his advantage. Because if he only had 10,000 Romans against 230,000 um, uh, Celts, you're at a massive disadvantage. You expect to get slaughtered. So he, uh, uh, Suetonius, 
selected a very narrow gorge, gorge. Yeah. so they couldn't be attacked from the sides. And then it led out to an open plain where they would come at him. Um, and this this would give him um, some you know some advantage uh, over the the, the, the Boudicca's numerical advantage. So uh, uh, Tacitus records this great speech from Boudicca before the battle. Um, it is not as a woman descended from noble ancestry, but as one of my people that I am avenging, lost freedom, my scourged body, the outraged chastity of my daughters. Roman lust has gone so far that not our very persons, nor even age or virginity, are left unpolluted. But heaven is on the side of righteous vengeance. I mean, it's a beautiful speech, but it probably never happened. Probably right? never happened. So um, Tacitus, his father-in-law was Ag- Agricola, Agricola, Ag- Agricola, I think, Agricola, yeah. and. That's like a before Coca-Cola. Yeah, <laughs> like a muddy Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah. And he was a military tribune, I think, under Suetonius. Right. So it's possible that Tacitus did have contact with a yeah, but you're possibly not gonna, with an eyewitness, I, but unlikely. But anyway, the Celts didn't generally give big speeches before their battles. Yeah. She wouldn't be able to address 230,000 people anyway. That's true. Um, How, what sort yeah. of PA did they have yeah, in I know. It been like, It would have been like that bit in Life of Brian, which is blessed are the cheese makers. Was, uh, <laughs> Um, but there is a recording of Suetonius's speech, which they think is probably true. And he said, uh, ignore the racket made by these savages. There are more women than men in their ranks. They are not soldiers. They're not even properly equipped. We've beaten them before. And when they see our weapons and feel our spirit, they'll crack. Stick together, throw the javelins, then push forward. Knock them down with your shields and finish them off with your swords. Forget our plunder. Just win and you'll have everything. So, and he sort of had a point, didn't he? Yeah. In, in terms of... Like you say, his he might have had it was ten thousand against two hundred and thirty thousand. Yeah. His ten thousand were trained military yeah. Yeah. men, trained how to whereas, you know, if you're a farmer who's come in for the yeah. half of them probably went sod this and scarpered, right? Quite possibly. Or, or yeah, um, yeah. you know, wouldn't necessarily hang around to be Yeah. I mean, there was fat, that, that, the whole family came along. It was, uh, you know, Boudicca took her daughters to battle. Right. It was uh, take your children to work day. <laughs> well, I did one of those with my dad, but my dad ran a sex shop. So, uh, yeah, no girl so, should have to do a dildo stock take with her dad. That's all I'm saying. Oh, my God. Did you, did you really have to do that? No. It's worth it for the joke, though. It is worth it for the joke. <laughs> dildo no, stock take just with before anyone phones any yeah, people to ask if I yeah. need any help, it's fine. That didn't happen. Um, but we don't, you know, we don't have detailed. Well, my dad did run a sex shop. But that's the yeah, yeah. point. Um, we don't have detailed sort of uh, account of the battles but all we know is that the setting and the Roman armour made it impossible for the Celts to make their massive numerical advantage count and they reckon that 80,000 Celts were killed um, versus 400 Romans dead Mm. this may be Roman propaganda again Chinny Reckon Chinny Reckon (laughs) says uh, the the other historian Um, uh, but as I say no one knows what's happened I mean there should be somewhere in the country there should be a site where there are um, a, a pit of thousands of, you know, hundreds of skeletons mm. with broken armour. So check your back garden. Yeah, yeah, have a look in the shed. You might See find if... if uh, there's might... talk of it being um, high cross in Leicestershire, yes. isn't it? You're like, that... come on, you had Richard III, let someone else have this. Yeah, but so that's actually the cross between two Roman roads, I think. Yeah, it's the Fosse, 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 Fosse Way and Watling Street, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So it makes sense. It's a Roman spaghetti junction, isn't it? <laughs> um, defeated, uh, apparently, Boudicca takes poison and gives it to her daughters, a hemlock, and Suetonius yeah. apparently beheld her lying peacefully at the foot of a tree with her arms around her two daughters, which is a really beautiful <laughs> image. Hemlock. Yeah, hemlock actually <laughs> makes you throw up and have diarrhea, but we'll 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 Let's give we'll give, we'll, yeah. we'll ignore that. Yeah, and say she's had a little sleep with her daughters. Um, 
So uh, Boudicca failed ultimately in her massive rebellion, but uh, that's not to say it wasn't a big deal. Um, Emperor Nero nearly withdrew and abandoned the conquest of Britain altogether. Mm -hmm. Uh, He He took Suetonius out, didn't he? He did. He took out his aggressive um, rampaging uh, uh, governor. I've got the name of the person he put in because I just quite like the name. It was Publius Petronius Terpilianus. I'm sure I well, said that perfectly. That's, um, that's that's beautifully said. And he was uh, he was like an administrator, wasn't he? He was yeah, a bit not more a soldier as well, so a bit less. Oh, dogs going of, mad oh, in the background. That's um, <laughs> that's a different dog today. We've got Tolly. Tolly is my dog. Who's barking at the idea of this uh, administrator being put in charge of Britain <laughs> instead of a soldier? Tolly's um, spoiling for a fight. Yeah, but this was that was the last of any sort of serious resistance to the Roman Empire mm. in southern Britain. Although, let it be said. Uh, Scotland uh, stopped the Roman Empire in its tracks. They, it did, they yes. yeah, they couldn't, uh, they could never conquer Scotland. Hadrian built the big wall, yeah, um, and uh, all the to stop the Scots coming over the border and annoying him by calling him Adrian. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then they tried to build Antonine's Wall a bit further up uh, at the Fourth of the Clyde, and that um, that didn't really last and wasn't so wasn't so famous as Hadrian's Wall. Yeah. But I mean, the intention had, had never been. The intention just to stop, you know, at Scotland, but they couldn't. They couldn't um, get any yeah, further. You thought than that. the North Walian Druids were. Yeah, tough. you thought North Wales Druids, but just, just Scotland football fans. That's you know, <laughs> does anyone remember 1977 at Wembley? We'll remember. Um, so um, that was. <laughs> I the don't end know of, what he's yeah, talking about. The end but of, I'd laughed anyway. You bless you for that. that. <laughs> bless you for that. So that's the end of uh, uh, imperial expansion by the Roman Empire, and um, no further conquests were made beyond uh, Hadrian's Wall after that. So by the time yeah. they gave up in Scotland, they thought we're never going to try and do, you know, Germany or Denmark or anywhere like that. That, yeah. that was uh, sufficient for the Romans, and so the Brits were really um, the limit of the Roman Empire. Yeah. And they hung around a bit, didn't they? They did hang around for four hundred years. Yeah. Um, you know, after the Roman Empire collapsed, the Western Roman Empire, anyway, in about four ten around then, mm-hmm. uh, the Celts were later conquered all over again by the Saxons, yep. who were conquered by the Normans. Uh, and then from time to time, Boudicca would crop up in, a, in English history as a sort of useful heroine to put on a pedestal. Right. So the Tudors, for example, had this red-headed queen. Ah, and they were yes. like, oh, okay, we'll, uh, we'll make a big deal out of uh, Boudicca. reminds us of something. Yeah. There are lots of versions of Boudicca's name, by the way. Uh, but, mm. um, yeah, they, uh, um, Queen Elizabeth would claim her as some sort of ancestor. Um, and then uh, Queen Victoria adopted her. Now she was called Boudicca. Uh-huh. Back in Victorian times, uh, she became really popular. Victorian women would dress up as uh, Boudicca with sort of uh, helmets and, and, yeah, and they'd all be posed, they'd have their photos taken. They would, they have a little Laponian trap <laughs> and they'd go to their fancy dress parties, these upper-class Victorian women dressed as Boudicca and it sort of all merged in with sort of Britannia you know, that yeah. sort of image. Uh, sort of Victorian cosplay. Yeah, it was, like yeah. It. And they raised a statue, of course, in Westminster, which is still there. She's on a Persian chariot there. The historical consultant is going, it's all wrong, it's all wrong. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Oh, it's Looks a chariot, better. isn't Looks it? Better. It's all the same, isn't it? <laughs> it's um, not And in Wales, of course, she's a, a great uh, Celtic hero, perhaps mm. with a bit more um, uh, justification because they, they, they are Celtic. They are Celtic, yeah. And, and as I say, they made a dodgy film about her called uh, Warrior Queen starring Alex Kingston. Um, Who does have the flame red hair? She does, yeah. Uh, And she's, of course, in uh, uh, the new Horrible Histories movie, I think. And uh, I think, you know, as each era adopts Boudicca, perhaps in our world of Me Too and um, um, feminist sort of assertion, uh, Mm -hmm. she becomes this... Um, modern hero, modern feminist icon. I think it's it's always good to remember that 
women were warriors in the past. You know, I think yes. because post sort of Victorian age when queens were told what to do and yeah. how to behave and, you know, we sort of forget that yeah, I mean, that women, ancient women had a lot more um, yeah, more agency. agency and, yeah, uh, it must have been yeah. hard for her to sort of, you know, uh, get together all these different tribes yeah. and the, the 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 skills she would have had to demo, you know the, the political skills the organizational skills multitasking i suppose yeah there you go See, that's how it happened john <laughs> it's marvelous um but yes yeah, she's portrayed throughout the ages as this sort of uh, brit but it's sort of ironic because the for the for the anglo-saxons to hold her up as a as an icon when the mm. anglo-saxons sort of uh, conquered and wiped out the celts or pushed them to the Fringes. To the boundaries, yeah. Uh, it'd be like the sort of Americans holding up Sitting Bull as a sort of American icon, you know. Yeah. Um, but no one worries too much about that. There's lots of myths about Boudicca um, from the, you know, the flame-haired uh, queen circling on her chariot, giving People her great speech. Being quite a mythical person as yeah. well, don't they? They sort of say that she channeled a British goddess of victory, yes. Andraste, is it, or something like that. And um, that she... Before one of the battles, she released a hair from her robes, H A R E. Oh, right. And, okay. And um, summoned this goddess of victory. And so there's a lot of sort of yeah. mythologizing about her. And yeah. But it's, she's one of those people in history where you go, well, let's just print the myth because uh, yeah. we, don't know what the, we don't know what the truth is. So let's yeah. run with the myth because it's a good story from the, um, the, the daughters being poisoned right mm. up to the brilliant speech at the Battle of Watling Street. Yeah. We'll just sort of, we'll, we'll settle on that and say yeah, that's what happened. It That'll could do. have happened. It could have happened. <laughs> and um, um, I don't know if there's, the trouble is with these, uh, the lack of sources, there's not much more that we can say apart no, from what is in no. those two. Let's we make up some more stuff. We can stuff. make up we more stuff. Because this could be a source in the future. Oh, people, yeah. You know, in a thousand years, this <laughs> might be a source. So let's say um, she had a nose pierced. She had a, she had a nose pierced and, uh, and, a, and, a, and she's, she had carpe diem tattooed on her arm. She did. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's uh, all about... Um, uh, Queen Boudicca of the Iceni. Yeah. Um, if uh, if you uh, feel that we've made a major historical um, inaccuracies, please uh, uh, tweet us in Latin. Yeah. Uh, and um, do and, do tweet us though. Yeah, we like us, hearing from you. We like hearing from you. At and, We Are History Pod. Yeah, and rate us on um, on Uber. Oh yeah, could you <laughs> please please go on to iTunes if you use iTunes? Yeah. To us, please go on there and rate us and write a nice review. Five stars it just helps us. Yeah, five stars. Bumps do it out. if possible and write a nice review because that helps us uh, to get into more people onto more people's radar. And tip tip two pounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not an Uber driver, John. <laughs> okay, that's all from We Are History this week. Catch you again next time. See you next time.